Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Maddie D recapping the Super Bowl. We go through the big game, the dud the Chiefs put up, Tom Brady and Gronk turning back the clock. We then go through the coaching carousel and rumors about Carson Wentz, whether or not he's going to get traded from the Eagles, Russell Wilson's Trying to ask for a trade. We talk about that. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. As always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram is where you can find my rants about the Flyers and the PGA Tour. Matty D said he may do one if Carson Wentz does get traded, so let's put the pressure on him there. Join the Facebook group to be a part of the conversation. Search the bullpen card on Facebook and join that group. Be a part of the conversation. Submit questions for the podcast. It's a lot of fun. But enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. And here we go. episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me after correctly pointing out the Super Bowl, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D. How are you, my friend? I thought you were going to say correctly guessing the first prop bet, you know. Yes, that too. For those of you who may have forgotten, the you, kick was run back. You you gave all of our listeners the hot tip. Take it to the house. And if you didn't, if you didn't take me up on it, it's your I did. I mistake. took you up no, on no, it. No, 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 not you. Others, others. I know you did. You're not. You know, you listen to statistics and facts. Um, it's very important. Right, or, you know? Matt, you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, right? I have seen, of course. You, you know what my one regret was? What? That I didn't buy more. Didn't buy more. Didn't buy more. <laughs> but yes, prop bets were very generous to me once again. The sacks and tackles, big ones. And then Devin White getting the uh, that interception at the end. <laughs> paid uh, well, just, yeah. Paid 40 yeah. to 1. I did pretty well with that. Uh, yeah. Cleaned up a little bit. Oh, I yeah. It. it was right. good. It was good, uh, good right. icing on the cake, even though the over that I live bet did not even get close to hitting. Uh, game was uh, a little bit of a letdown, I think. Um, although Tom yeah. Brady played really well. He did. He was sharp. He was sharp. But overall, yeah, I would agree. Game was a letdown. We talked about, did we think these defenses could hold up against these offenses? One proved to be, one proved yes. Um, one one proved, well, we'll get there. But a lot of factors, a lot of factors, a lot of breakdowns we got right, a lot of breakdowns we got wrong. So. Correct. Overall, very interesting. Yep. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start on the offensive side of things or with the Chiefs? Do you want to just continue on with Tom Brady and, uh, you know, stroking off, stroking him off that way? Uh, a little well, I, I, there. I, I, I think, I think you got to start off with the, with, with, with the, um, with the, with the Chiefs because they're the losing team. You know, we start with them and we work our way down. Um, that's where I was. That's where my brain was going, at least in my mind. No, I like that. Um, yeah. So we talked about it, but I mean, to me, what, what, I'll ask you a question. What was your biggest issue? What was your biggest reason why the chiefs lost? 
and it has to be chief specific. It can't be Tom Brady played. Well, I know you know that. I just want to make sure I'm clear no, with no, my no. thought process. I'm glad that you are. I think it's Eric Fisher. I think we, you yeah. made, you were mm-hmm. a lot more worried than I was. I thought, hey, like the rest of the team, they've, they've played well. But I, I think that was it. Patrick Holmes was running all over the place. And you can say the stuff about the turf toe and how he looked banged up, but he was still doing Patrick Mahomes-like things. And you can say, oh, you know, he might have thrown it too hard, and that's why it hit off five different helmets throughout the course of the game, blah, blah, blah. But he was getting so much pressure on him, and he's getting hit hard with no Eric Fisher. So that's where I go to immediately was the battle in the trenches. I, yeah, I agree. I, I thought, I thought the the and, I, and obviously it's it's more than air for sure. It's both tackles here. Yeah. Um, having the offensive line completely decimated was was just clearly a a huge issue. You know that cost um, that cost Kansas City the game. They they couldn't protect him. They they got torched on that side of the ball. He, running for his life, made some incredible throws. Um, that you know, for the situation. Um, great quarterbacks have to figure it out. But honestly, think about Tom Brady's two losses to the Giants, both losses, a four-man rush got to him. Um, same thing with Patrick Mahomes. He's super talented. But if you can get to a quarterback with four, it's going to be really challenging. And Tampa Bay blitzed a total of four times, I believe, the whole game. Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, they had no answer for them. Um, and we discussed the lack of a Chiefs running game being a factor. Nadamna can sue has turned into this stout run defender, defender of Vita Valle next to him. Um, they didn't allow anything from Clyde Edward Hilar. Le'Veon Bell didn't play, basically. Daryl Williams couldn't get anything going. So they couldn't relieve the pressure of the pass rush by running the ball. And you saw the result. Patrick Mahomes, I think I read somewhere, he ran, he ran a total of like 479 yards in that game with his scrambles around the backfield. So Jesus. running for his life the whole time. Yep. Um, and... I thought something else that we had spoken about, we had talked about where the Tampa Bay could leave their safeties over the top to take away Tyreek Hill and the track stars of Kansas City. Because there wasn't a running game, because they didn't need to blitz, both safeties could basically play cover two all night and take away the Chiefs' big playability for the most part. And I thought that was a huge factor that really negatively affected the Chiefs throughout the game. I totally agree, and I'm actually shocked to find out that Tyreek Hill's total yards were 73, and that he was the second leading receiver for the Chiefs. Um, I feel like he was completely invisible the entire game. Travis Kelsey had over 100 yards, which I knew. Uh, I didn't think it was that at 133, but still, uh, you know, great game from him. You know, but Sammy Watkins only one catch, Demarcus Robinson only one catch, Michael Hardman only two catches for four yards, Byron Pringle one catch for three yards. You know, we thought that those guys, the little, little further down the depth chart, were going to have these big games and make up for the fact that Tampa was really going to tune in to, to Hill and slow him down there. You know, Kelsey still got the job done, although he had that one drop pass. You know, and it just turned into, I don't know, it, it they really just had the right game plan. And, and all credit to Todd Bowles. I know we're still on the Chiefs here, but you know, he came in with the right plan to know how to slow down an offense that, you know, had looked almost unstoppable for most of the year. Yeah. I, um, I, I, and, and, and to be honest, it's like the yardage thing and they have to throw the ball a lot to try to get back into it. Um, but when they needed Hill and Kelsey, they both made some key errors and key drops that I thought really negatively affected the flow of this offense. There was uh-huh. a few key plays where both got, got there and it weren't necessarily easy catches, but these are two of the best receivers in all of football and they couldn't 
they 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 couldn't do it. Um, I, I, they they couldn't come up with the big play, especially early. It was a key drop by Kelsey, I remember, and, and he might have gotten hit a tad bit early. But again, this is Travis Kelsey, not a run of the mill tight end. He's got to make those plays, and then that kind of hurt their psyche. I, I you know, Andy Reid has to take a little bit of blame here. His team didn't get up, which is obviously on the coach for the lack of motivation. But not only that, their game plan they didn't. He didn't seem to do things to. To, to try to take away Tampa Bay's pass rush. Um, he didn't seem to scheme it. They didn't, they couldn't establish a running game. And that's something that has been a monkey on Andy Reed's back since his time in Philadelphia. He doesn't run the ball enough. Um, and that happened here. He didn't run the ball enough. I know he is Patrick Mahomes. So you have to trust him, but he's also the head coach. His is the final decision maker. Maybe some more running plays early to stem the tide of Tampa would have helped. Um, but you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That that we still got a good amount out of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Elaire, however you pronounce it, I'm sure we'll eventually right. figure it out in this guy's career. Which I was surprised that we saw him so much when we heard his name called a ton, but ultimately only nine rushes, a grand total of seventeen. I mean, yikes, that's uh that's tough. Patrick Mahomes dropped back what, it was sixty times close to it at that mm-hmm. point. And he was pressured, I remember seeing the statistic, he was pressured on like 75% of those plays, whereas Tom Brady was pressured on like 10% of the plays he dropped back. He dropped back maybe 50 times instead of 60, but still, it's crazy how that ends up working out. Now, in terms of the run game specifically, Mahomes got almost 40% of the team's rushing yards with 33 of them. You know, you talked about how much he was running in the backfield. He did get, get a couple of his patented scrambles, especially early on when things were a little more open and I think what the what the Bucks did so well was they basically had this let us let you beat us in the middle and we're gonna take away the long game and we're sure as shit not gonna let you have these little short dump passes or any sort of run and scramble which I think was just such a genius call in that way because that's how Kelsey started to accumulate his yards you made the excellent point that there was some real flow stoppers we'll put it that way of drops uh and obviously a couple that that could have resulted in touchdowns but you know that that i again i know we're talking about the chiefs but i just think it was just such a smart way to do it and put all the pressure not just on mahomes but on these other guys to have to try to step up and and really you know make guys miss which some of them are pretty good at but a lot of the times they just use their speed to that's how they miss them you know <laughs> they not even make them miss yeah. they just they can't catch up Right. Yeah. Um, But this is also why sometimes too much speed, you know, is, is not all just, just being fast. Isn't always enough, right? There's so many guys who aren't fast and and, and make up for it in other ways, whether it's suddenness, physicality, um, you know, ways to take that away. Sometimes speed needs a minute because we think of speed, speed is not acceleration. It's not suddenness. It's, Hey, I can run a four, four, 40. I can run a four, two, 40. Well, you might be able to, but there, there's a reason. I mean, some of the best wide receivers in football, DeAndre Hopkins, he's not slow, but he's not a burner. He's not running by guys. Megatron just got into the Hall of Fame. Megatron was not slow, but he certainly wasn't Tyree Kill. He won in other ways. So sometimes it's more than just being the fastest player on the field. I think, and I look, I get enamored with speed all the time, and we complain that the Eagles need speed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from just thinking from our perspective, but guess what? The Eagles don't just need speed. They need guys who can get open. And there's, you know, Julian Edelman, again, isn't the fastest player. There's so many guys who aren't, aren't running four, two forties, four, three forties. You can impact the game. Um, 
So I think it shows that the Chiefs – look, the Chiefs are still going to be fine. They're still one of the best teams in football. You know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be fine. His turf toe should get better. The offense should just continue to improve. Um, but you know, this showed this showed a weakness in in a pretty good a pretty good offense to be taken you know, for things to be taken out uh, taken away from them. Yeah, so it's interesting that you point that you point it that way. So a year ago, we're sitting here. The Ravens looked like they were going to be this unstoppable offensive force with dual threat QBs. And then we talked about a ton throughout this year of now the playbook was out on the Baltimore Ravens. I think I know the answer to this. I'm probably going to sound stupid to it, but have we discovered some sort of playbook or is this just the right guys getting hot at the right time and a smart scheme by Tampa Bay? Yeah. Great question. I think, I think it's really interesting. So um, I love the Ravens point. Um, the one thing I would say is I, I do think it's a smart scheme at the right time because Patrick Mahomes has shown more than one season, his, his ability to win games. Um, and that's, what's really important to me is, is, and, and this is what all the best quarterbacks have done is it's, it's continued success and, and Mahomes has continued to involve as evolve as a passer. Um, and, and I, so this is to me, I'm not worried. A great game plan. You know, it's happened to the best of them. AKA Tom Brady has three Super Bowl losses, right? Um, now, obviously one, you could argue the Eagles, he really played fantastically. Um, he just got, you know, NFL record. it just, it just, it just happens sometimes, but um, yeah. Um, but I, but I think the other thing to think on here is Mahomes will be fine because he's already shown that ability to, to do this year in and year out. Um, when I, you know, the, the Ravens teams that concern me would be Josh Allen and the bills. Now teams are going to get another off season to figure out what he did. Can he come back and put up MVP like numbers? Like, like Mahomes just did. Like Mahomes comes back after an MVP Super Bowl season, he puts up MVP numbers again, um, and he wins again. So, no, I'm not. I think it was a great scheme, great play, perfect storm, right? Two really good outside pass rushers that we talked about, two, two offensive tackles and an offensive guard who aren't playing for the Chiefs. Really could not have drawn it up worse, I think, for, for Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs. Oh, also, Mahomes' turf toe, it does affect him. It's painful for him to run. Not that he's not – not that he can't do it, but it's painful. So even if it's just unconscious or subconscious, he's not going to run. So I think that's another factor just to think on too um, in this situation. Sure. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. That's uh yeah, I don't know. He looked really banged up, but I think, uh, I think you said, still, I did, think some, still did some, still did still some did amazing, some incredible things. things. I mean, the one throw that, who was it? It was Williams that dropped it. The sidearm throw that he was nearly, his yeah. elbow nearly touched Oh my God. Right. I mean, that was, yeah. it was Mahomes. It was classic Mahomes, this incredible fucking play. They have the one where he's almost down, and I th- it might have been Tyreek Hill. It looked like he caught it, and then it turned out it bounced off the pylon. And, and I mean, there were some pretty incredible things that this guy just does of just being able to to extend it, and, that, and that's with a bum foot. So, yeah, I think they're going to be fine. I think uh, – Defensive coordinators, both old and new, are going to still have to really do their homework and figure out the right things with uh, you know, the guys they have, and and the front four being able to take advantage of uh, being able, being able to do, to do that was certainly the the big difference maker. But should we go right into Tampa's defense? I feel like we we've talked about them a ton, but was there anything else that stuck yeah. out to you about them? No, well, I, actually, I think I think um, we're, I know we're, we're going to we talked about. Shaq Barrett and JPP and, and, and Donna can see, by the way, Pierre Paul, 8-0 in his playoff career. 
<laughs> Pretty cool. Wow. Um, never lost a playoff game. Yep. Um, I, th- I think the the other group, and I, I know we're going to get to, to me, the best player on the field maybe, but I wanted to shout out the Kansas City, co- I mean, the uh, Tampa Bay Corners. I-, I thought they played a really tremendous football game. Um, Davis um, and, 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 and that group I really shut down a lot of those quick and intermediate throws, played a physical game. Obviously, they could do that, right, because they had the safety help, but I thought the secondary didn't get enough due for what they brought to the table. I was very impressed with them um, throughout the game, and that is a young. All those players, like first or second-year players in that Tampa Bay secondary, they're only going to get better there, which is scary. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, they all played incredible. We talked about Devin White a ton. I mean, he obviously has the, oh the pick my at God. the end. But what an incredible game. And I would have considered him for MVP. I would have, I, I know it's Tom Brady, but man, I, I felt it's like similar he... similar to, to, sorry for interrupting you. No, you're fine. When the first Giants upset of the Patriots, where Eli gets the Super Bowl MVP, where like you could have given it to Strahan, you could have given it to a ton of different dudes in the Giants defense for how well they played against another historical offense. So I feel like that was probably kind of that precedence was already set. So maybe that's where they went. Yeah. Um, but, and I, obviously I don't want to, I don't want to discount Devon, uh, Levante David, because he also played a really tremendous football game. Your guy, you called but it. Devin White, uh, Devin White is, he was all over that football field. Um, he is so fast. He runs a four. What is it, a four four? I mean, when we so we talk about speed, and I know I gave speed a hard time, but there's not many linebackers that can keep up. Played a really nice physical game against Travis Kelsey. Um, this guy is going to be. He probably doesn't get an opportunity to win Defensive Player of the Year because he won't put up the the raw statistics in terms of sacks, if you will, of a Donald or a JJ Watt, and he won't necessarily pick up the interceptions of some of the better safeties in the league. But he deserves it. He's a he's a he's the nerve center. He is the Tom Brady of of defense. But he's so young. I mean, he's such a promise got promising you know player. So really cool to see him shine and people to take note of a kind of a position. I think that especially has kind of I don't know I don't know if, if has, has linebacker become minimized in the NFL a little bit. We talk about pass rushers and we talk about shutdown corners, but that traditional middle linebacker has dissipated for a number of reasons um hopefully he can keep bringing him back a great just really cool to see him play well yeah absolutely and that's a really good point you bring up because it is something where the middle linebacker it's not the brian urlacher you know the guy who plugs whatever hole opens up for a run you know there's some of it obviously you know run games still exist in the nfl and are you know still fairly successful but it's all it's also so much about pass coverage and about being able to be the smartest guy on the field. And I feel like because we think so much of pass rushers, even with outside linebackers and what they do to rush the quarterback or cornerbacks that are shut down corners or just the safeties that completely take over a game like a Malcolm Jenkins or, you know, insert guy here. You know, there's plenty of guys we could talk about. Tyron Matthew, who we, we may talk about, right. and what he was able to, to do and got taken away from. Um I'm sure we'll have a large discussion about the referees, but um, you know that kind of that kind of play. And we, I feel like linebackers now. I think you're right on a national level, kind of lost some of their luster because 
the interceptions, the sacks. It's the defensive version of the home run, the defensive version of the touchdown. Obviously, there are defensive touchdowns, but they're few and far between. Where, you know, that's what, you know, to steal the, the old adage, chicks dig the long ball. Well, you know, people dig sacks. They dig interceptions. and They don't. There's a little bit of nuance of appreciating unless it's your guy. So nationally, I feel like that right. that goes away. You know, Von Miller, think of him, you know, a guy who does does it all. But he's, you know, the, he's the cream of the crop. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot more teams. And I think to your point, the linebackers have had to change. Devin White is not Brian Urlacher, right? This is a much different type of linebacker. He's more Bobby Wagner, who still has a little Urlacher in terms of his tackling. But you got to be lightning fast or else they're taking you off the field. Um, you know, it's not just a tackle machine anymore. But but I, I think the, po- the one positive is, you know, guys like Devin White, obviously I brought up Bobby Wagner, who's kind of the – he's obviously a veteran now, but, but a guy that I think a lot of teams, you know, wow, yeah, he's very – you know, he's what I want my new linebacker to be like. Um, teams are going to start to want to find them because they're the, – the new linebacker takes away the tight end. I mean, that's a huge deal now in today's game. Correct. We talk about Travis Kelsey. You know, you need a linebacker like him who can be as big and strong and then take away what's happening. And so um, I think we'll see more if they can find them. But they're, but they're, they're just like a great pass rusher in a shutdown corner. They're rare. They don't grow – these linebackers don't grow on trees. Yeah, and it's – it'll be fun to see what what continues to develop out of there. But let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about the other yeah. side. We, we let off with Brady. What else can we say about him? He was prepared. He managed the game. He found his longtime friend who apparently has terrible cell phone coverage, or maybe Tom Brady does. I could, I didn't get the point of the T-Mobile commercial. Rob Gronkowski, 18-1 to to score the first touchdown. I think I saw somewhere it was like 35-1 to that he'd scored two touchdowns or more. So some people apparently were cashing in, or at least it was going viral on it, social media. But Tampa Bay just had the – they had the game plan. And do you think it's more on Arians – and Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady, or do you think it's more on Tampa's defense just being a little overwhelmed with all f- cylinders firing by Tampa Bay? Yeah, it's a really tough one because what you don't what you don't know is is could could Tampa Bay offensively? I, I'm not taking it, but could they have if, if if the Chiefs were rolling up and down the field, could Tampa Bay keep up? That was a question that I think we both of us had talked about a couple times. Like, hey, I don't know if they can keep up. Um, they're going to have to control the game, but but no, I think I think what Brady did is what Brady does best is he understood what was happening around him, and and he understood what he couldn't couldn't do, and and he managed that really well. Um, because he could have made some key hit mistakes and put, you know, and put and put Kansas City right back in the game, and he didn't. Um, I thought that was really really important. Um, he's just look, he's just he's the consummate winner. He does whatever it takes, and 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 he did he did it. Um. I thought he was crisp. I thought he executed really well. Um, but, but yeah, I was, um, again, I, I'm not, I wasn't surprised. I was just impressed. Like I think I know we normally are when we're talking about Tom Brady. It's crazy. He targeted 10 different receivers. Six of them made catches. Yep. Uh, Joe Haig, Ronald Jones, Tanner Hudson, and Tyler Johnson. No catches. The Haig one. I was about to go nuts. I did have the prop out of if a big man was going <laughs> to score. And I thought yeah, he had it, cool. and then it just bounced another one off a helmet. But um, 
we mentioned it a little bit of of Gronk played really well, had the two touchdowns, seven targets. He dropped one of them. Antonio Brown, who I think you know, Came and only, up. yeah, he cleaned things up. That's a good way to put it. Uh, despite yeah, only twenty two yards, five catches. Uh, Cameron Brait turned out to be a huge part of it. We we kind of talked about him as an X factor, and the tight ends really ended up being outside of obviously the the line in the battle in the trenches. They ended up being a big part of this, and and clearly with with almost 150 yards, yeah, 145 yards on the on the ground. You know, they Gronk and Brait ended up being a big part of the rushing attack, but I don't know it. They really ended up being a big part of this, and I think they uh, are some unsung heroes. Gronk is happy to have his spikes, but you know, I think they uh, they deserve a lot of credit here too. It'll go down as you know a great Brady performance, but. They really did a great job to help clear the way for him. Oh, they they definitely did, and and that's and this is this was a classic kind of almost patriot like offense because if you if you didn't know the names of the receivers, just because I, Evans and, and Godwin and Brown didn't have like monster two hundred yard games, you know, um, you would have said, wow, like like this is a Brady offense, a bunch of kind of good receivers who catch a lot of balls, he spreads it out well, and then and then, you know, a. Rob Gronkowski. This this is the last ten years of of Brady um, Brady Brady led offenses. He just did a great job spreading around. It kept the defense off balance. We had discussed when it comes to when it comes to Kansas City's defense, they're made to play with a lead. Um, for the majority of that game, their third linebacker was Daniel Sorensen, the safety. So they played a lot of that game without you know any any major big men up up on the line on linebacker position which allowed tampa bay to kind of control that line of scrimmage um and and they weren't able to get home with the pass rush which is what makes brady so great is he 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 audible he called the right plays him and bruce arians so i think the offensive line gets a lot of credit um but i think it was a perfect storm for kansas city once they got down brady and the offense who they could just kind of grind this 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 kansas city defense into submission and you saw the frustration whether you agree, think they were bad calls or not with some of those defensive pass interference or holding calls, clearly their leader, Tyra Matthew, was so frustrated. He started yelling at refs. He started yelling at Tom Brady, which is never a good idea. Never yell at Tom Brady, ever, period. Oh, I wish I could have reached out and said, hey, Tyron, just be quiet. Um, the defense felt like they had to press to stay in the game, and they made some They made some errors, is, is you know – um, their corners were stressed. You know, you saw the pass interference, I think it was, and it looked like Breland just kind of maybe, maybe got, almost got like kicked in the back in the, in the leg run by Mike Evans. But when you're, when you're playing desperate defense, like they were, you're going to get calls that go against you. And, and, and I'm not necessarily, I didn't feel like the officiating was, was that bad. Honestly, I didn't feel like it was the major factor at all for how poorly that defense, I shouldn't even say poorly defense didn't even play bad. Like, like, they, I mean, it was, but they, they just, they couldn't make enough stops and their offense couldn't help them at all. Yeah. So it's interesting in terms of the refs. I think the really bad one was the Tyron Matthew interception that got waved off. I think that was a, a pretty shitty call. As for the other ones, they weren't terrible. They were bad fouls to make. It was very ticky tacky. It just seemed on one side that there was a lot of shit going Kansas city's way or going against Kansas City and, and Tampa Bay, maybe not necessarily doing the same thing because I feel like they saw that this was getting called that way and weren't doing it. There was a couple times I feel like there were some missed calls, but 
it just seemed like it was pouring on in that second quarter where it was going in. Um, and I think that's that's a big reason why Matthew lost his cool. And you're right. He started he started doing the the look at me, look at me. I don't think he threw a middle finger up. I feel like at some point somebody did, but I'm, I think I'm just making that up. But yeah, I mean, they, they the frustrations, I think, were really boiling over for him. I think it's glaring, too, to look at it of only one pass was deflected by the Kansas City defense. Only one sack, which I think is interesting because they were bringing a lot of blitzes. Whereas Tampa Bay, we, we didn't mention this when we were talking about their defense, but they didn't bring the blitz a lot. They were going standard four-man rush or less. Um, and they had two interceptions to boot from it. And Kansas City walks away with only one sack. No interceptions because the one got waved off. And the one pass deflection, whereas... Tampa Bay was all over the board. They were covering their guys tight. And you mentioned that they played that cover two, but a cover two man that really worked out. And I feel like Kansas City's scheming. I don't know if they went a little more press on the man-to-man. Obviously, they started to once the game started to get a lot clo- a lot more out of hand, I should say, um, closer to, to defeat. I should uh, finish my thought, combining a lot of different uh, adages together. But I don't know. I feel like the panic set in and they didn't really know how to take a deep breath and settle in. I thought that it was going to continue and maybe Tampa Bay's was going to slow down or that Patrick Mahomes had a big haymaker to throw in. But yeah, t- the, the bucks kept rolling. They, they stuck to their game plan and all credit yeah. to them. And I mean, Leonard Fournette continued the playoff Lenny run and he's been going crazy on social media. It's been a ton of fun to watch. And yeah, you know, their parade looked incredible. Tom Brady completely blacked out. I know you saw that clip. Uh, so yeah. Unreal. You know, it's he actually awesome probably see. gained, I think he gained a lot of fans because people saw him as a human being a little bit there. You know, he looked like he was having a great time. Still looked like a, you know, like a, like a GQ model, if you will, married to Giselle. But, but really I thought he showed his, his kind of almost, I don't know, hu- I don't know, human side, if you will, just the excitement that he clearly had for everything going on. Um, it almost reminded was, me, was kind of to me, the opposite of LeBron in Florida when LeBron came back to Cleveland and won that, that really, you know, it undid the decision. Yeah. This is kind of like that where obviously Brady goes to Florida. He does the big breakup with new England and then he goes to Florida and, and does it without Belichick. And I feel like you're right. I feel like this kind of opened him up to a, a whole new set of fans. I'm sure there are people that are still like, Oh, fuck this guy. You know, he always wins. You know, I saw somebody who's trying to make its take of all seven of his super bowls are just a matter of luck, which I, you know, you want to present it that there's this, that, and the other thing that happened in Super Bowls, but you win seven fucking times. That's not luck. There's a reason why uh, you're there. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah. That, that's, you know, again, he's got to get there and he keeps getting there. Um, it's not a match to me, you know. And you know 55 games uh, Tom the, Brady's played in. And I think this is the un- intangible of, of leadership. Um, he, he walks into a team that truly other – Yes, I know they signed Antonio Brown. I know Leonard Fournette came over. I, I know Gronk showed up. And I know that, that, that a number of them were critical in this game. But it, 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 those guys, there's a reason those guys weren't on teams. Like Leonard Fournette was basically going to get cut. So before we start praising Leonard Fournette, uh, as, in terms of like, wow, he's a stud. How did the Patriots get him? Leonard Fournette was about to get cut by, by the Jacksonville Jaguars for, most, for all intents and purposes. So... Um, and Antonio Brown probably wouldn't have been in the league. He's super talented, but quite frankly, you said five catches for 22 yards. It's not like he was the MVP. Um, 
I guess the reason I, I bring that up is is this team was very much the same team that that had a top draft pick last year mm-hmm. because they couldn't win. To me, again, the difference is Tom Brady walks in. He shows up, this whole team changes. Um, even if you listen to what some of the players said, it's a, it's an attitude thing. You know, it's just this attitude thing. These guys just expected, you know, Tom Brady just expects a different caliber of play around him and he doesn't take no for an answer. I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but um, his leadership qualities are amazing. If you listen to what some of the guys said, they want to take pay cuts. He changed who I am as a player. All this really cool stuff about him, um, I, I thought was really neat. So, you know, that's the intangible side of things you can't you can't necessarily quantify. And as good as some quarterbacks are talent wise, the leadership side of things comes out. That's what that's what they're here to do. They're here to lead. Yeah, I think that was perfectly said. Anything else on the the either side of the of the game before we jump into just general other thoughts about the Super Bowl? Could certainly see this team back, both I, these yeah, teams back next year. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I um, can see a rematch. They're probably already the favorites, as they should be. Kansas City is the favorite. Um, they're the early, which, early which favorite. I yeah, I don't think that's disrespectful to the Bucks. I I get why people might think that, but um, it's not just Tom Brady that's older there. They've got a number of free agents. Chris Godwin is a free agent. Um, Shaq Barrett is a free agent. They've got some veterans they have to decide upon. Well, I think you also um, have to think about you know, it too, on just a market standpoint, of if they don't have the Chiefs as the odds-on favorite, people are going to buy the shit out of that until it goes up there. You'd have to put Tampa Bay at, at some price that nobody's going to buy if you want to make them the odds-on favorite, or even to the point that it's like negative, almost close to plus one hundred, or even minus something to that to that end. And it's hard to kind of think of a future literally a year out that would have to go that way right. to, to put somebody ahead of a chiefs team. That's pretty much returning everybody. Right. No, good. good. And I think that's a great point. Um, I think too, when, when you look at um, there's now Mahomes is going to have a chip. He's oh, going to yeah. have a chip on his shoulder. You know, he, he's, he's pissed off by his performance. It's what's going to, it's, it's why he's, it's why people were saying if he won this game, you know, Brady's legacy could be in trouble in, in, you know, 20 years from now. But um, but he lost the game, and now he's going to have to go out there and prove that he's the real deal. So that that to me is just just massive. Oh yeah, it's incredible to see what's what's going to happen next year. It's going to be so much fun to watch, and hopefully, yeah. we don't get some sort of oh eight oh nine Patriots who just came off the the disappointing loss to the Giants. Then game one, Brady gets hurt. You know, nobody's wishing for that. Because I would have that's like one of the great lost seasons that if we could have seen pissed mm-hmm. off Tom Brady after going eighteen and one, like see what that season actually looked like. That would have been cool. Uh, and obviously he gets yeah. hurt. And then the Patriots still almost made the playoffs, which you know, if you want to say the who won the Bill the Belichick Belichick Brady breakup, a lot of B's there. You you can say that you know that he coached Matt a Matt Castle led team to that record and did so well there. Uh, and then Matt Castle went to the Chiefs, full circle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see. We're obviously going to break down the offseason and everything. Uh, we're going to break down more start of the offseason stuff in a second. But did you enjoy the halftime show and other mishaps that happened throughout the game? We have a question about one of them. Uh, I mean, I, I I think the weekend is very talented. I, I, I know it's tough without fans this year. 
I didn't hate it. I, I didn't think it was one of the best. Um, yeah, I thought there could have been more. Um, I love, I love, I love um, cameos, if you will. I love when they bring out another artist, especially when it's like from a different genre. Yeah. I, I know there were reasons behind why they didn't do that, so I'm not going to harp on it. Um, but again, not not one of the best, not one of the worst. Um, you know, kind of, you know, kind of is what it was, is what it is, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to, I'll try not to be an old man about it. <laughs> yeah. I think middle of the road is definitely a good ranking to put it. Uh, that's not one, that's not a ranking that I'd be interested in looking at of ranking halftime performances, but I'll, uh, confidently say I'm also biased. Middle. I have, I have a favorite, obviously. So who is it? Bruce? Yeah, yeah of course. I loved yeah, it. I thought it was great. It was energizing and I don't need all, see, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. The spectacle. I don't need the spectacle. Um, I like good music. Um, you know, sometimes I think we get a little bit too, like how much how flashing lights can we have? And I'm not sure I, I like that as much. So, yeah, I didn't I, think the, the meme ability of it was awesome. I did think it was incredibly impressive. Yeah. And I get that, by the way. Yeah. I, that's, and I understand why the NFL wants that. Um, they want the spectacle, and I appreciate that. Um, so I, I want to be clear here. I, I do like that. I do get the marketing side of it. Oh yeah, certainly. And I, and I just think it was impressive that what he did having that whole section that he paid $7 million for of his own money of having all of that. He had the Jabberwocky looking dancers and it seemed like he was just going to stay up there and it was a big COVID reason. And at first, when he's first in the, the fun house, it seemed like it was like an elevator, maybe taking him to the bottom. And then it just turned out it was taking him on top of the orchestra. And then he did go out on the field, which that's when it kind of got a little chaotic and a, I got a little lost there. Uh, just the yeah. almost marching band on mushrooms kind of feel that they were all flying around with the glow sticks. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, then, you know, they had the fireworks show and all that sort of stuff. I wonder, I mean, obviously you've been to a Super Bowl, so you've seen one. Like, do you, when you're watching this, is it, are you, do you feel caught up in the spectacle and the entertainment of it? Like, when Justin Timberlake was on three years ago, like, were you seeing what we saw on television? Or obviously you were, but like, were you getting the same feeling as when you watch it on TV? Uh, no, I think, I honestly think it's way more made for television than it is for those in the stands. Okay. That's, that's my best vibe, I would say, because first of all, I mean, if you think about, it, you know, they go off, they go out of the, off the field. If they go off the field, if you're, if you're on the field, I mean, yeah, you're watching it from the big board, but no, I, I think it's much more something for for in uh for for tv now than it's ever been could this have been uh, one of the better ones for the fans because it was a football field's worth of glow stick waivers just running around like yeah i I think it probably was um just from what i saw yeah um not that it was perfect or anything but yeah I, i would i would imagine it was probably pretty cool for for the fans in the stands and but, you know, when he's up on top of your point, up on top of the pedestal, where is he coming from? You know, all that stuff. I, I'm sure they really enjoyed that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but, that. but I, I still think it probably was bigger and more impactful for those on TV. Still, I, I still think that. Sure. That's a, all right. So we did, we mentioned prop bets a little bit and we ran through some of the exotics. One that uh, my lovely fiance has really been laughing at us about was how convinced we were that there would not be a fan on the field. So she has a question for us. I was so convinced. Of all the things you were wrong or right about, is your no fan on the field the most surprising slash what bet 
were you sure would hit but didn't? So we'll start with the first one. Was that the most surprising one that we missed? Well, I, I think for me personally, it, it has to be because I'm not, I'm trying to think of something that I got wrong um, that was so major and so important. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, Tampa, the security there needs, needs to have a conversation. They need to have a conversation with security. There wasn't even a full stadium. How do you let that guy get through like that? I, I, I thought that was horrible. I heard they, they distracted, but, you know. Um, so I, I, I call I bullshit very, on that meme that went out. That seems like it was fucking crazy. Of what, the, uh, that, that he bet on himself? Yeah, that he bet on himself and he had a fan run yeah, on first. Yeah, I, I feel I like that's just made that's, up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's either that. That's definitely one because we were so convinced. I was bummed. Tails failed. Uh, you know, it was heads. Um, I would have bet, though, that Kansas City got it right. So I guess there's okay. some consolation there. Uh, what other well, I, I think, got I wrong? Think I, oh, good, good. I don't know. I was, I was bummed. Not necessarily surprised, but bummed we didn't get the big man touchdown. I wanted a trick play. I wanted a third passer. Those are the ones that I was a little bummed like we didn't get, like a little a little spice of life to the game because it was such a boring game. Right. I I guess, I guess I mean, if we're just talking prop bets, that's definitely the one I felt like I was most wrong about. But I think the other thing I, I'm, you know, I'm disappointed in myself for is, 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 and I'm sure everybody feels this way, so it's kind of cliche. I just really didn't think Mahomes was going to throw a clunker out. Um, even with the lack of offensive line, I still thought they'd score three plus touchdowns. I thought he would come back. I literally said it. I said, wow, 21 to three at at half. But I think the chiefs aren't out of this game because that's been their MO. I thought they were going to come back and the, the what's their faces, the Buccaneers were going to keep pouring it on. That's why I was like live, live over. Let's go. Like, cause notoriously the first quarter in the Super Bowl is low scoring and, yeah, I just thought like I thought he was going to have it. I will say though that looking at the will he throw an interception or not lines, the no was so heavily favored that the over half, so yes, he throws an interception was like almost 2 to 1. So I threw $5 on it just being like, let's do it. And it ended up hitting obviously cuz he threw two interceptions. But I thought he was going to have a great game and maybe just throw one that's like you know, Tyreek Hill maybe underran it or overran it and something, you know, just a little bit of a miscue or just really good coverage, but, or, you know, maybe a Hail Mary that, that goes awry at the end of a half or something. But yeah, it, it, uh, there was, you know, it was, it was overall a good day for me. I, it was overall not including the Super Bowl or including the Super Bowl. I had the Flyers over, I had Brooks Kepka winning the, the waste management, and then I had this. So it was a very good day on that front, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. uh, yeah, I, um, I guess, I guess I... Oh, the Gatorade. Uh, the Gatorade wasn't... It was blue. That's like out of blue. left field. Yeah. No, I don't think we were even close on that one. No. I don't even... We were like, I oh, never, purple because it's 12 to 1. Yeah. I, I was convinced right. it was going to be water. Just, we said just take purple. It's like that scene from The Office. If it's if it's ever 20 and... What's it? If it's ever... Uh, oh, yeah. You ever get 10,000 to 1 odds, you always take odds, it. Take, you, you take it. Yeah, you take it. No time. questions asked. I think it's the Kevin quote. Um, yeah, because I, I would have figured, especially if it was Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's not letting him have Gatorade. He's a water right. guy. He's got to be a water, a water guy. guy. There's no oh, way that Tom Brady, guy, Tom Brady is like fucking Adam Scott and Step Brothers. He definitely has not had a carb since 2004. <laughs> well, he has now, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure. Woke yeah. up feeling a little dangerous, you know. Oh. So. <laughs> I can see Tom Brady getting after with some skinny girl vodka. That's That, that qualifies in the TB12 method. Look, I've heard tom brady is a fantastic drinker 
Um, like I've heard he's we, he's gotten. Wasn't there a file clip offense, of him playing beer pong? Yeah. No, but yeah, but his no his, his Patriots offensive lineman said that he came in and dominated them in a drinking competition. Just like it's just something. Hey, look, he, he if it's if it's a competition, he's gonna win. <laughs> That's the best way I can. I mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, the one I did sweat last prop ed, and then we'll move to off season news. Over under three and a half field goals. That was one I kind of just thought, yeah, might as well. And it looked like it was a lock in the second quarter. And then I had to sweat that out a little bit. That fourth field goal didn't come for a little while. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That was one that I like kind of just set for shits and giggles threw a little bit of money on. But then uh, I got invested in being like field goals, field goals, field goals. And, you know, it worked (laughs) out. So, you know, no harm, no foul. But right. Yeah. Let's move on. We're into the offseason now, and we've gotten – we didn't really do a lot of breakdowns of the coaching carousel because we obviously had this game to break down. We had a little bit of news prior to the NFC and AFC championship games, but a ton of hires, including the Eagles. So do you want to start there? Or do you kind of want to just run through some of the coaches that got hired and, and any vacancies that may still be open? Uh, I think I think we can start – I think we can start – I don't. Yeah, we can start with the Birds. You know, I, I think one of the things that we had talked about, I didn't need splashy. Um, everyone wants the splashiest tire. They don't work out as much as you'd think. Um, I, you know, I, I have to trust I, Jeffrey Lurie for a long time has made a lot of the right decisions when it comes to coaching hires. He's had two good ones, obviously, Andy Reid and, uh, and, um, and Doug Peterson, however you feel about Doug, still a good hire. Um, one is the Super Bowl, so so all of that is so important. Um, you know, I, I this guy comes in, I like him, um, because he's not he seems very not about me, which I think is important. Um, I, I think that's a good thing, you know, and I, I think his his quote unquote almost quietness is a good thing again, but um, we'll see again. It's all gonna come down to how he plays in the field. You know, um, I like that he's an offensive mind, you know, so I, I guess those would be some of the things that I'm positive about. I honestly feel very similar to Doug Peterson. That's how the hire feels to me. Very similar to Doug Peterson. Yeah, that's a really good call. And you mentioned splashiness. Do you remember who the splashy name was in the off season of 2015 and 2016? I remember wanting Sean Pate, but he was on the studio you know, that we were going to trade for him. Um, there was that. Is is it a college coach? No, he was still an NFL coach until this year. Until so he got fired this year by a different that team. You tell me by a different team. Wait a second, different team fired him. It can't be Bill O'Brien. Nope, he sucks. But Adam Gase. Adam Gase. He was the sexy hire because he got so much done with the I Bears. I get that. Right, and, Tom, and and Peyton Manning loved him, right? Yep, he was Peyton time Manning's with, with guy, the, yeah. With the Broncos, right? Yeah. And you see, and yeah. Um, wow. I remember my old <laughs> boss came up to me after they hired Doug Peterson and was like, hey, you could have gotten Adam Gase. You know, he's this offensive genius. Doug Peterson's never caught a play, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, man, we'll see what happens. You know, he, he used to play for the Eagles, so I feel like it's some sort of, you know, not, you know, some sort of homer hire. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, you know. We still had Sam yeah. Radford at that point, so we didn't really know <laughs> oh, what to <God>. think. <laughs> how far we've come and how far we've fallen. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So again, I, I, I didn't, I didn't mind that. I, I, I you know what? I, I know people are like, I, you know, I don't get it. There's all these other guys out there. Well, and um, the opening press conference think, didn't help. Sure. Sure. Again, it's not, you know, not, I don't really care how he acts towards the media. Um, so, but yes, you're right. Look, it hasn't been an amazing start. Can't be worse than Adam Gase's opening press conference. Still conference, still not that bad. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see what he does. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a ton of opinion on it. I think the defensive coordinator hire, the fact that he was Frank Reich's like first guy that he went out and got, I think that's at least encouraging that there's that. Um, you know, the whole link between now that Frank Reich was here and then he's gone. we've gone out and gotten all of Frank Reich's guys, I think is something that seems very Eagles. It seems very Philadelphia that – you know, up until recently, the Flyers notoriously did it forever. The Phillies do it every once in a while. The Sixers, somebody always seems to have a job with the Sixers if you played for them for five years. So it seems very Philly that we did something like this. Although they, they don't have previous connections to the Eagles. So there is that, I guess. Yeah. I um, I love that he got to fill his staff. I know that can be hard because you lose some guys that maybe yeah. potentially really like. Um you know, Deuce Staley. And I understand why Deuce left. I also, and I, this is nothing against the guy. Maybe he does turn out to be a good NFL coach. A lot of people say, how can we not give it to him? Um, how, you know, did, did we even give him a fair shake? I, I think we did. Um, but this organization should know him best. And if we didn't determine that he was a good fit for being the head coach, I, you know, I'll trust Jeffrey Lurie on that one. Um, I would like to see him get some sort of responsibility added on. Maybe not necessarily coordinator, sure. maybe an assistant coordinator or something there. I would like to see him at least start to move up because there is all this sort of stuff that comes out and, and that different guys had just as just as much, if not less, experience than Deuce Daly did. Um, so I would like to see it. You know, if you want to keep, you want to stay in-house, you might as well stay with a guy that people love. But I, I agree that him hiring him as a head coach might have been a pretty weird decision at the least. But, you know, there's st- a lot of stuff that Here's- I don't think we know. Yeah, I think, I think too, I get that this jump is made. It's hard to me. It's hard to see a guy going from a running backs coach to a head coach. So I like the better, more responsibility thing. I, I know that, like, you think, well, Dan Campbell went from a tight ends coach to the head coach of the Lions. Yes, but Dan Campbell had head coaching experience. He had coordinator experience. So it's not like he's never done it. Um, and, again, I'm not – I know this. It, it's not Deuce Staley's fault. He didn't get the opportunity to be more here. Um but I'm glad he moved somewhere. Maybe he gets that chance. Yeah. Um, I, I do think the one major issue I have is this hiring, bringing in uh, Sirianni seemed to be that pre- this is, we're going to fix Carson Wentz. He's the guy who's going to use what he's learned from Frank Wright and being on the Colts. He, he's coming here to fix. And now we're shopping Carson Wentz. Yep. I think that sends a really strange signal because to me, whether you liked it or not, hiring a head coach was the, the head coach you hired was was basically saying how you feel about the quarterbacks and now i'm confused as to what direction the eagles are going because they're openly apparently according to reports shopping carson wentz they are you know are they going to draft a quarter now I, we're totally in flux which i don't like and i don't want to this is a coaching conversation not a not a carson wentz conversation so um just something that i was a little confused i am a little confused about yeah, so it's worth noting that the new quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson, who 
went to Utah, was on the cover of NCAA football, which is coming back, by the way. That's also news we can talk about. Um, he apparently his Jalen Hurts' his dad coached coached Brian Johnson, right? That's the connection here. So now people are thinking yeah. that's what the thought is, and that's what's going to happen here. And then yeah, the reports come out. Then there was a apparent trade with the Bears that they were going to send us two first rounders, Nick Foles, Tyreek Cohen, and then Tyreek Cohen may have gotten flopped out for somebody else and all this different stuff that came out. And this is all within the last seven days. So this isn't even stuff that Matt and I just neglected to talk about because we were either bummed or because we, you know, didn't want to, you know, whatever that we're pro Carson Wentz or, or whatever it happens to be. This is all stuff that's happened very recently. And then all of a sudden after Monday, where we get all this news about what the bears may or may not be sending to Philadelphia, the trade talks go sour. I don't know if it's, or the news of the trade talks go sour. I don't know if it's at the Bears saw the the complete raking over the coals that they were getting about what they were offering. Mike Lombardi, who noted Eagles hater, really noted Doug Peterson hater, um, came out and was like, oh, another GM told me they think it's ridiculous what the Eagles are asking for. So it might be that the, the Eagles saw the various trades that happened, specifically the Goff for Stafford one. And you could even say previous Bears trade, the Khalil Mack one, and think we can get this for Carson Wentz, a former number two pick, blah, 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 blah. And that's where the Eagles are coming from. Or, or allegedly, we don't even know what the hell happened with this whole thing. But it is a very weird, we're getting a lot of different questions and and a lot of different information going a thousand different directions towards this team. And it, it's something where, at this point, the mess that the Eagles are in is completely self-dug, the hole that they are in. It's, and I, I've, again, we've said this a thousand times, I have nothing against Jalen Hurts. Why that draft pick needed to happen, I don't know. If it was something that was because you regretted giving Carson Wentz all this money and you wanted to try to nuke him that way, great. Should also be rec- recognized that Brian Johnson was Dak, Pe- Dak Prescott's coach at Mississippi State. I just have his Wikipedia page up now. But the the hole the Philadelphia Eagles are in is completely self-dug. I know I said that before. But it's crazy to think that a year ago, we had all this optimism in the world. And that they were, they were going to prove the haters wrong. And now we have a new head coach. We might trade away Carson Wentz, who a thousand different things might happen with that. And I don't know. It's just crazy to think where the Eagles are now. Yeah. Um, God, this time last year, I mean, I remember, I remember Colin Cowherd saying the Eagles have the best GM, best head coach, best quarterback in the division. Move on. They're going to win the division. And now we have no head. We have a, you know, we lost head coach, got fired. The GM somehow isn't on thin ice, even though he probably should be. And the quarterback is apparently maybe being traded possibly. Although, Here's the weird thing. It's just almost like with Deshaun Watson, every day that goes by, I think lowers the probability that it happens. Yeah. Um, Cause again, we, the Eagles, I get it. There's rumors out there. The Eagles haven't said Carson Wentz hasn't said anything publicly. Uh, the Eagles haven't said anything publicly. Um, you know, the Colts and bears, if you will, haven't said it's all rumors. And I trust Adam Schefter. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I also think there's nothing wrong with taking phone calls. I, I, I don't think there's ever anything wrong with taking phone calls. If the Kansas City Chiefs got a call and somebody said, hey, I'll give you my entire city, including the buildings, 
you know, for Patrick Mahomes. You have to listen to that offer, right? I mean, I'm kidding. Obviously, you can't do that. But but there is a everybody has a price. <laughs> so um, it's just just kind of a thought. You have to listen is is the best way I I, I can think of it. Um, it's just it's kind of sad. So being as sad as it is, let's talk about a couple other hires because I'm just gonna just gonna drill myself into the ground thinking about this. <laughs> All right, Matt. Lead us through it. Uh, you know, I thought I thought uh, um, a, a hire that got a little maligned was was Dan Campbell going to the Lions. Um, I'm not a huge fan. I think the Lions need. Uh, he he's going to try to set the tone. I, I think it's somewhat challenging in today's sports world to be a a bravado-y, I'm the I'm the guy. Um, maybe it'll work in Detroit, but veterans tend to tune that out. Rookies, I mean, you can talk about social media. You know, more than ever, you're, you're, the best coaches in the league are quote-unquote players coaches um, and, and scheming guys. Think of a Sean McVay. You know, um, Bruce Arians is known as a players coach. Andy Reid is known as a players coach and a guy who has, is an innovative offensive mind. So I can't say I completely agree. With the Dan Dan Campbell uh, Dan Campbell signing, but you know what? If he hires the right coordinators, he can get a lot out of it. So that's certainly important. It can't get much worse in Detroit because honestly, they have talent. Now they're going to have a plethora of of talent with the with the with the deal with the trade trading Matthew Stafford. I thought it was a really well done trade by both. I thought Stafford and Detroit got what they wanted out of that deal. Um, so interesting to see they get kind of get Jared Goff. To hey, can he resurrect? Can he, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Can he resurrect his career? He was just in the playoffs. Um, kind of strange there, but um, I, I guess I didn't like it. What were your thoughts on Campbell to the Lions? Yeah, so it's something where at least if you have a problem with with him going, he at least had some experience. He was the interim head coach for the Dolphins for basically the entire season for for 12 games. He was five and seven with them, the Dolphins team that was not very good, but they did beat the Eagles in 2015. I remember you and I actually texting about what is this guy on? Because um, <laughs> he's so fucking yoked. But yeah, the bravado thing you mentioned is, you know, he's a a guy's guy, and he I think is going to be a sounding board that I feel like we'll have a lot of fun looking at, and and I think he does have a lot of he has a lot of work to do. And I think the Lions, as a as a group, their new GM has a lot to to look at, and he certainly made a splash, picking up Jared Goff and, and looking that way. Uh, but I, I think if you're just thinking that Goff to Galladay is going to be the the end all be all of it all, or Goff to, to Hawkinson or or whatever, however they're going to fix their offense, there's a lot to do there. You know, their defense certainly has a lot of holes, and they just had a defensive minded head coach who didn't really do a ton for there. And they do have Deuce Daly now as an assistant head coach and, and still there with the running backs. So, you know, if the, if the Eagles made a mistake, letting him go, we'll have to see Anthony Lynn's their offensive coordinator, which I think is crazy. A guy who got a lot out of, um, I was about to say Jared Goff, but got a lot out of Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. I feel like that might be a big part of this too. So I feel like this might be actually, you know, sneaky, you know, this a couple of years down the line, we'll be like, oh, you know what? Maybe this did work well. But I feel like if the, the if the bravado translates to not giving a giving his coordinators control to do what they can do, that's something that Doug did so well with Jim Schwartz. Was it, he let Jim Schwartz do his thing, 
obviously he was a little more connected with the offense, but he wasn't trying to be the Jerry Jones. Obviously he's the owner and GM, but he wasn't trying to have his, his hands in all the different cookie jars. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the best hire of the cycle was, I, I think Arthur Smith to the Falcons really liked that a guy that I thought the Eagles would be smart and they did bring him in, but, but the Falcons um, struck quick. Um, you know, the, the former Titans offensive coordinator, I think he comes in in a good spot. I, I think the Falcons are strangely closer than people think. You look at the talent that they have, a veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan, um, a decent offensive line, some obviously very good playmakers in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, along with the defense that's just underachieved under a defensive head coach. But I'm interested to see. Um, we talked about how the NFC South is your, if you're anybody but the Bucs, you're just in a holding pattern because mm-hmm. at some point in time here in the next two to three years, you would expect, I'm, I, I don't think take anything past maybe place is 50, but Tom Brady walks away. And when Tom Brady works away, that division, remember they didn't win the division this year. The Saints did. So that division is more wide open. I think that division is more open than people give it credit for. And I think the Falcons are a team that if, if they could find a way to get to get into the winning column, they're going to scare a lot of teams. I love the Arthur Smith hiring down in Atlanta. Yeah, I think he's going to do a really good job. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing, because a big part of the Dan Quinn era, as it turned out, was Kyle Shanahan. So I'm really interested in seeing Dave Rangone, am I pronouncing his name correctly, who has experience. He's been I in the league so. for a little bit. Um he was with the Bears. He was, he was with the Washington football team. He's with the Titans. Uh, but most recently, with the Bears, he was the passing game coordinator. And we saw a interesting, I was going to say fairly prominent, but depending on who was playing quarterback, but an interesting Bears passing attack with, obviously, Trubisky, then Foles, then back to Trubisky. But guys like Allen Robinson, you know, a number of Bears players had some decent years. So I'd be really interested in seeing what this guy does with this wealth of talent. Granted, they're older than when Kyle Shanahan got got his hands on him, but they're still older guys. We just saw a ton of them just win the Super Bowl. So it'll be really interesting to see. And also, the thought I was going to have originally with the Falcons is they were in a similar situation when they hired Dan Quinn. If they had come off this incredible year and then just really fell flat for a couple of years, hire a new head coach, then all of a sudden... They're this in Fuego team. So who knows? I mean, they could turn out to be, they just need to change the scenery. But because offensively, they always seem to be up there. It's just defensively what, what gets done. So I'm going to be really interested in seeing what happens on that side of the ball too. I don't know too much about Dean Pease. The fact that his last name is Pease is Pez, Pez, Pease, Pez is very interesting. But he, he has been with a number of different teams, most notably the Titans, so we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah. Um, I thought the two other hires, I'm going to lump them together here. Um, I think both teams are in a different spot, but Robert Sala and Brandon Staley. Sala goes to the Jets. Um, Staley goes to the Chargers. Obviously, again, two teams in different directions, but I thought both interesting, both defensive coordinators, so defensive-minded hires, if you will, even though both teams – uh, you know, one is a one team has a young, energetic quarterback. The other team could have a young, energetic quarterback. I like both hires, though. So younger, kind of smart coordinators who are coming over. Both have led uh, top defenses the last two years. 
Um, so I think they can bring a lot to the table. So I kind of lumped them together in that regard. I thought they were both very good hires. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chargers closer to contending, you know, but um, I, again, I, and I think the Chargers are like five less injuries away from being competing with the Chiefs, you know, for that division. Um, you know, Salah's got a much bigger task ahead of him, but yeah. I think he has the personality to handle it as opposed to, you know, Adam Gase, and he's a players coach, as we talked about. So mm-hmm. I think he steps in pretty quick. I like both those hires. I do, too. I, I think Salah's going to be really good. Interestingly enough, do you know who the passing game specialist is now for the Falcons? And I didn't realize that he was an assistant coach for the Texans, where he had been a backup. T.J. Yates. T.J. Yates, the, the quarterback. Yeah. Get Look at this guy. I, the Yates of hell. Okay. He had a couple good games, right? Didn't yeah, he? he did, yeah. You know, with his many tours in Houston. From? North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Oh, you, you knew it. You knew I it. Knew it. I, I'm sorry. I have his I Wikipedia page up. No, no, no. Oh, okay. That's why. I, I didn't give you a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I didn't know. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm doing a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, no, but on Salah, I think that's a... I actually think he's going to do pretty well. I think the Jets... They need a little bit of help, obviously, and and where they can go from here really depends on what they do in the draft. I know we've said that for a number of years now, but I feel like they need some sort of culture change, and if Sella can can bring something that the guys want to be around, it could turn into more of a desirable free agency location. I know their salary cap is in a weird funk with some of the dead weight that they've had to uh, bring on and then cut, one of whom was in the Super Bowl recently. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with that. But do you want to go back to Florida for the for another well, hiring? Yeah, uh, the, I'm going to be actually be up front with you. Um, outside of what my – obviously I've got some thoughts on the Eagles, but outside of the Eagles, I named my favorite being Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. My least two favorite hires are the two we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Um, let's go to Florida. Urban Meyer heading to Jacksonville. He's finally in the NFL. I can't uh, fucking yeah, believe I, it. I, I'm, uh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm excited sure. to see Trevor Lord to the NFL, but why sure. is Urban Meyer's going to the NFL? Why, why did I add an S to his name? Uh, yeah, I mean, he better be Pete Carroll-like. Um, so many college coaches have come here and struggled. Um, and I know, you know, the one positive, I guess, for urban, if you look at some of the teams he's in college, think about Florida specifically, Mm -hmm. um, and some of the, the wild personalities he dealt with wild is, is being polite because they weren't very good people. A lot of them, um, wild personalities he dealt with in Florida and then, and then at Ohio state, there was a lot of trouble at Ohio state. So he clearly, is probably thinking, well, in the NFL, they can do a lot of the stuff that I had to keep under wraps, and 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 I'll be fine. But, um, I, I, you know, he he seems to have gotten a blank check from, and, and I don't dis I don't disagree with the Jaguars' take here. Give him the blank check because they've got nothing to lose, you know. But and I know they're getting Trevor Lawrence. This team has so many holes. Yeah. And I don't. I, yes, DJ Chark is a fine football player. Maybe a good wide receiver. Maybe very good. Uh, Robinson, the running back. We can talk about running backs, okay? But not a running back guy. Um, no. So to me, like, what is he? And he's inheriting a, a, a college team, a blank slate. He's got a lot of work to do down there in a division, to me, 
that has two very well-built teams. And obviously the Texans could be a shit show, so we'll get there. But two very well-built teams in Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to walk into a team with a offensive line that's not particularly strong, a, a defense that went from top of the world to bottom of the barrel very quickly um, in a division that has two playoff caliber, I would say a player two away Super Bowl caliber teams in them that are well coached. It's going to be a huge uphill climb for Urban Meyer, and I'm not sure he's the guy I would have picked. Um, he's been out of coaching. But again, I know I know he's had the success in in in, in college, so I guess yeah, I guess you give him the benefit of the doubt. But he seems to be tr- be he seems to be being treated like John Gruden, who I also didn't think deserved everything he got anyway. But he he doesn't have a Super Bowl, so um, this is a totally different ball game. But I know he's done his homework on it, so I'm sure he's excited. Yeah, I think it's a crazy hire. I think this is going to be. More like a Chip Kelly experience, where maybe he has a good year and then goes, you know, and it goes completely sour. He gets maybe too big for his britches, however it goes. But you mentioned it; he has a blank slate that he has a lot of work to do, and it's not as just it's not as easy as just convincing guys to come there. You can't really recruit when you have a salary cap you have to deal with and all this different stuff. So I don't, I don't know how he brings value to it, where you could probably bring in a young guy i don't know like it's it's just so strange to me is he grooming a guy to maybe take over for him i feel like the nfl has to be a much more stressful job than college right different it's i think i think the nfl you know college it's so much nick saban is and i'm not nick saban is the best recruiter in college football yeah right and he's built a brand or everyone's called they just they just like they just they just inherit five-star recruits. That's because Nick Saban is that good. He spends, he is such a good recruiter, a great all-time great recruiter. Um, He is not a, he doesn't call the plays there, right? Um, You know, they've got now Bill O'Brien calling the plays down there. Steve Carter, Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin. He he doesn't call the defensive plays. He, he, he is the recruiter and he is the CEO of Alabama football. That that's what Nick Saban does. Urban Meyer is going to have to do the same thing. He's going to have to bring in the best minds to do so. Um, but his teams at Ohio State and Florida were athletically more dominant than the teams next than, than the teams around them. You know, he can't do that anymore. This is the NFL, though the playing field is more level than ever. Um, he's not going to have the ability simply to beat teams because he's his teams are more athletic. He just doesn't have that ability anymore. Yeah. I, so yeah, that, that I think is the hardest transition. It's There's a, no easy wins. Yeah, you're not playing South Florida State Central. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of questions there, um, but let's get to the final hire. Break it down for us, Maddie. I, I don't know, and it's not even the guy. I, I, I legitimately feel bad for David Culley. Um, the Texans have managed to take a promising team who was contending for divisions and on the rise. And thanks to – it's not just Bill O'Brien at this point. Yes, he did some things that are almost unforgivable, but this entire organization, top to bottom, honestly is is, is helping hide how bad the Eagles are because <laughs> they have alienated a franchise quarterback that they just signed to a huge deal who, who publicly wants out of Houston um, and had a great season last year. 
statistically. I think, you know, statistics can lie in this case, but most passing yards anyway. They have destroyed a team that had, remember, this is a team, it's hard for me to say, they had J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins at the top of their respective games. They had Deshaun Watson. This team had everything that you could want and 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 weapons all over the field on both sides of the ball. And, it, and it's it's a disaster all of a sudden. I, I'm I'm struggling to put in the words. And then I, they didn't have to sign Eric uh, Bieniemy, but they didn't even apparently listen to their to their search committee. The the whoever made the decision. I, I don't know who we don't know who made it at this point. Whether it's the owner or somebody else. This this organization reeks, um, and David Culley has no shot here now. Like he has got to my mind because if they keep Deshaun Watson, he might hold out. He's disgruntled. I've never seen it gone this far. Oh, I love the um, me- I love the meme that was. They're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. It shows Deshaun Watson showing up to camp, and it's James Harden in the light blue, <laughs> yeah, Rockets yeah. jersey, super fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, their longtime business president, who has been there forever, left. Um, and I think that shows a lot. He has nothing to do with football. And he left because of, because he didn't feel like the organization was going in the right direction. That makes no sense. That's I nuts. Never, I almost never even heard of that. That's so bad. Right. Yeah, I don't know what the fix is. If it's – I don't know. I feel like the relationship is so sour that you have to draft a quarterback at this point just in case he walks or holds out. Because I, I don't even – who is their backup? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't even know, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I don't I mean, know either. That, That's my point. I, look, <laughs> look, they they should command a deal bigger than bigger than Stafford, obviously, uh, and and bigger than Khalil Mack, which is probably the last really like major deal in the NFL. They should bring in. They should get. I, I wouldn't. I, I, you. I would say I want it. I want three first round draft picks, a couple mid rounders, and a player. Like that's how big of a deal. And by the way. I think any team, I think the Jets should pay it. I, I you know, or, or or the team that makes a lot of sense if they could figure it out would be would be the 49ers. Um, not that that he's a perfect fit. I think he's a good fit anywhere because he's Deshaun Watson. He's that talented. But if I'm the 49ers, you know, you're a quarterback away. Um, who cares about your first round draft picks? You, you, you got to go full full Los Angeles Rams here. Um, that's just something that I, that's something that I've thought about. That that's what I would do. I, I there was no price tag on Deshaun Watson because he's considered talent wise like a step a half step down from 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 Patrick Mahomes. Um, uh, you know, to me, I'm asking three or four, three or four first rounders. Yeah, so it, maybe maybe it happens again. I would do it. I would just I would pick up the phone and make it happen. Yeah, well, I have to see what happens. You know, it's going to be really interesting, but. You mentioned it with the 49ers and their deal with Jimmy G. There's some other quarterback controversies. We'll end there unless you have other topics you want to talk no, about. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. But we've gotten some news out of Seattle. That Weird. Very weird. That Russell Wilson isn't particularly happy with the organization. Matt, do you want to explain this? Or, or what's going on here? Well... Russell Wilson has essentially been keeping a damper on a, like, you know, this is a forest fire that's been happening there for a while. And he's been just kind of keeping it at bay. Um, It was a really good line. No, no, hang on. He is gravy. This is the one I heard. I really liked. He's gravy, right? You put gravy on anything. It tastes better. Okay. 
So, so Seattle's organization is a bunch of, of they've been poorly, to, they've, they haven't particularly drafted well. And there's some exceptions here. They haven't signed free agents particularly well. They, they, they've traded away a lot of draft picks. There's not a very, they're a worse team than people think. And Russell Wilson kind of covers it up, which all good quarterbacks do, by the way. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, offensively, this was his best year. For years, he's been playing with nothing. Tom Brady, you know, was playing with wide receivers that he, they found on the street um, and making them look, you know, look good. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, those are good players. They, they did well. They drafted well to get those guys. Uh, offensively, other than those two, my God, they drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. Like, th- they can't get an offensive line together. Defensively, uh, they just traded a ton of picks away for a guy who I actually think Jamal Adams is overrated. I know he's a playmaker, but he doesn't always – he sometimes wants the stats over the wins. Um, you know, they're rooting Bobby Rat Wagner's heyday. They can't get a pass rush together. Um, their corners seem to be a disaster. So this team is not very good, and Russell Wilson is basically dragging them along, it feels like. So Wilson, who's incredibly classy as an individual, has basically, in the classiest of ways, said, I'm not happy here. Maybe I want to be traded. Um, could be a tactic on his part to be like, okay, hey, go figure this out. Um, it's not going to, yeah, you know, there'll be a 30 for 30. There's already been so many articles written about the interception by Malcolm Butler yeah. because they put the ball in Wilson's hand instead of Marshawn Lynch. And, and that, the, the cascading effect that that had on that organization between all the defensive players leaving because they were so stinking mad. Um, and everything else, it, it's like it's bad when you when you when you think about it. But um, he apparently is unhappy and might want out. I don't think it happens, by the way. You know, uh, unless and Pete Carroll's a little wild, but I, I there's you just can't trade Rus- Russell Wilson. Yeah, you got. Can think you? That he I doesn't. mean, right? I mean, he he's considered up there with Mahomes and Brady. You know. I, even though he's a little older, obviously, than, like, say, Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, he's still got five, six years of, of excellence if you think about how quarterbacks have kind of been aging nowadays. So I, I don't see him going anywhere. But that being said, I mean, it's not a good look for Seattle, and, and, it, and it could cause ripple effects for some other for, – for free agents trying to come in there. I mean, you know, however they want to handle it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a really good point of kind of the ripple effect that that Super Bowl had – of what it did with Marshawn Lynch and all this sort of stuff and how it made a problem out of nothing of just picking one side or the other. And I think once again, you have that kind of a crossroads here of something where you, you, you got to figure out what's happening. And we we're trying to decide whether or not to be critical. The Seahawks are not going into the playoffs because the defense have been playing so well, but at the beginning of the year, they were pretty exposed and then the offense kind of fell to a dud, but I don't know if that's necessarily Russ's fault that that happened. You know, he maybe could have played better, but it's a really good point that you make that if this is bungled so terribly that this could put the Seahawks in a position that they really were pre Russell Wilson of a team that just kind of was there. You know, obviously they have the beast quake, but other than that, I couldn't tell you a thing about them for the first 15 years I was watching football, and that was in 2000, or I guess a little less than 15 years, but, you know, the first decade or so that I had been watching football, because this was in 2010, 
about the Seattle Seahawks. They're just a team that was kind of there, and then after the Texans came into the league, they went, they moved conferences. You know, if they're not careful, it just turns into a team that kind of falls by the wayside. And I'm not saying that they're going to be in obscurity forever, a la the Cleveland Browns, but I don't know. There's, there's, this could be pretty bad if it's not handled correctly. I agree with you, though. I don't think something happens. I feel like kind of like the, the JT Real Muto situation that we had with the Phillies, where it seemed like they the team completely fucked this up, that they were negging the shit out of the player and that he wasn't going to sign. Granted, now Wilson has to be traded. He's not a free agent. But then he does, and he's like, you know what? I'm really happy to be back here in Philly. I feel like Russell Wilson's going to figure something out with the organization and then say, Seattle, I'm really happy to be here. You know, I'm sorry it came to that. I mean, maybe he doesn't even apologize. But he says, you know, I'm really happy to be here and I'm really happy to go forward. Because I feel like that city loves him no matter what. I feel like they'd take his side versus the organization. they think the organization really fucked it up if they had to trade to, trade him. Yeah, I, I would agree there too. And that's why I don't think he goes anywhere. Uh, he's under contract. Um, you know, uh, unless, look... I mean, pick up the phone and call, call Houston. <laughs> Say, hey, we'll give you we'll give you Russell Wilson and a pick for, uh, for, um, for uh, Deshaun Watson. Maybe that works because of the age difference. I don't know. Crazier things maybe have happened. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> throw it out. Throw it out wild accusations. That's all. That's ne- that's never gonna happen. Don't yeah, exactly. Don't, don't <laughs> listen to me. Yeah. Hey. Maybe, you know, maybe we can get him. I don't know. Who I knows? That too. So it is worth noting, Matt and I did wait to record this on Thursday night because of the Carson Wentz news. We were going to try to record it maybe on Monday or Tuesday, and then over the weekend we get this news that Wentz might get traded. So we wanted to try to delay it as much as possible, but wanted to get it out to you guys. So you had it for one work day and then the weekend. So that was part of it. But then we got all this extra news of Russell Wilson maybe wants out and all this different stuff. So it kind of worked out that way, Matt. It did. It were in the end. It worked out. Yes, I, yeah. you know, I agree. But um, it always finds a way to work out. Whatever happens with our birds, it'll work out. Yeah, we will uh, at some point. I'm sure do another off season primer, maybe closer to when free agency yeah. starts. And then obviously free agency for sure. Obviously, the the Maddie D Bowl, aka the NFL Draft. Gotta oh, get Matt's yeah. breakdowns of that. Cannot wait. Get ready. It's already getting excited. But I, I don't want to give anything away. We got plenty of time. Pro days, a couple pro days coming up, so good stuff all around. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a, a good off season. Now we get some hockey, we get some basketball. About to go watch the Sixers play the Blazers. No CJ McCollum. That's okay. They got a little revenge from last week that they got to uh, settle up on. But then March Madness. I completely forgot about that. College basketball is somehow making their way back to it. So we got stuff to look forward to, Maddie. Yeah, we do. Absolutely, can't wait. So much sports going on right now that, you know, the NFL being over while it hurts, um, you know, it'll be, it won't be that long before it's back. So, yeah, it's always a bummer. And at least we, you know, we got everything and we, and we have some snow to be thankful for, I guess, you know, oh, I'm not geez. the biggest fan of it. No, I'm not the biggest fan of it either. No, I love, you know, I love the snow a little bit, but you know. Well, you like going to snow. I feel like, I feel Me like too. you could be, I don't like, yes. I feel like you, you'll eventually retire to like, even not South Carolina because that's two on the nose because your grandparents live there, but like Georgia or Tennessee. You can be, I can see you being a Tennessee guy. And you'll just fly to like Colorado three times a winter. Stay there for a week. <laughs> three times? More than that? I mean, <laughs> Okay, gosh. all right, there it is. 
No, three felt say. like a safe over underline to set there and see. Three, I think you're right. You know, yeah, yeah, it felt like a take, safe over underline. Over. Yeah, and let me over. know you take the over, Jordy, so I can make sure you win your bet. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, I'm always an over better. But anyway, Matt, I appreciate you hopping on, man. This was oh. a lot of fun. I'm glad we did the yeah, proper recap of it. I think the only one that we've actually done was the Super Bowl when the Eagles won. We have not. I don't think we did it last year. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that we were able to do this. I'm sure we will yeah. talk to you soon, whether it's a baseball preview or talking about March Madness or whatever it happens to be. Appreciate you always having uh, coming on, man. And this was an excellent season of podcast coverage from you and me. No matter how bad our Eagles played this year, I still had fun breaking it down with you. <laughs> so it was awesome time. And hopefully this time next year, maybe not yet, but maybe we're having a much more positive conversation about our birds. Uh, maybe we're talking about one of us winning a fantasy football championship. I'll take anything. So I would too. We'll see what happens. I would too. <laughs> uh, but at least in our league, it's only election years that I make the playoffs. So I might be, I might be in a, another downturn, but we'll have to see. <laughs> but for my man, Matty D, I am the G man. Everybody make sure you subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter, join the Facebook group. That's where we got Emily's question. Follow our Instagram. You can find all of our fun rants there. Maybe Matty does a rant on the Instagram. If uh, the Eagles trade Carson Wentz, we'll see if, what happens yeah, I could- with that. I, I could consider it. I could consider it. You might, I might, I might not. Instagram might not allow it on due to their, uh, due to their filters. If hey, you know what I mean. So well, I might I cur- get real negative. I curse all the time. I was cursing a ton talking about Brooks Kepka winning me two hundred fifty dollars. So, that's true. That's true. You're uh, right. I didn't think of that. You're, I, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, but anyway, everybody have a great weekend. Fly Eagles, fly. Go Flyers. Go Sixers. And we're right around the corner from baseball. Let's go, baby.